and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 75. I don't know if any of you guys out there were born in 1975, but I was, and uh, and I don't know, 75 just has a nice ring to it for me, I guess. I'm absolutely thrilled to be welcoming Kate Burton, the founder of Queen Bee Beautiful Beeswax Candles and other products onto the show today. We're going to be talking about candles. It's something uh, I'm hugely passionate about educating on because there's candles and there's candles, some that help our health and some that very much hinder uh, with a lot of the artificial aspects of the fragrance, uh, with the endocrine disruptive phthalates in the synthetic fragrances often used, or um, indeed the kind of wax used and a lot of misinformation about just how natural soy wax candles are. So you are going to want to tune into today's uh, chat because Kate is the global authority on all things candles and I'm um, you know I've shared a lot on the blog in the past and I'm just really looking forward to kicking things up a notch and and uh, drilling her for everything she knows when it comes to wax production and uh, making the perfect candle and of course sharing the incredible advantages of burning a beeswax candle because there's some surprising things that you might not yet know about um, some of the hippier woo-woo kind of aspects of, of burning a gorgeous beeswax candle um which is something I'm actually going to be doing uh, in my home uh, this week as we've just moved uh, or we're in the process of moving really. And um, and uh, while we settle in, I'm going to burn a beeswax candle. It's a very cleansing uh, spiritual practice and I'm uh, really wanting to give this beautiful home of ours every best chance it can have to um, be a wonderful uh, apartment for us for the years to come. Now, we still have 15% off the whole Dr. Bronner range. This has come as a bri- at a brilliant time for me given I'm moving. So I bought a huge vat of the incredible Sal Suds cleaner, which I adore for the tougher stuff around the home, especially the bathroom, uh, but you can even use it to wash your clothes. Uh, and I bought some of the beautiful citrus Castile soap and a couple of bar soaps um, for our bathroom because I like to try and minimize plastic where we can. But interestingly, uh, Dr. Bronner uses only post-use plastics, uh, recycled plastics for a- any of their bottling. And the reason they do use plastic is obviously because these products are in the bathroom, there's small children involved. And I've chatted to Lisa Bronner about this, as you might have heard on the show that we did, which I think was shown number two of the podcast really early days but it's such a good chat um and you know she said they've grappled with this and they uh, you know tabled other other solutions but their best solution was to save uh, plastic from going to landfill and using it for their packaging so I think that's rather lovely and another lovely thing I learned about Dr. Brunner this uh, week which I just found out on uh, on their Instagram feed it's a wonderfully inspiring feed um, they don't just share company information product information but a lot of the community projects they're involved with a lot of the um, philanthropic work that they do and they um, just made a $75,000 US donation to the cultural arts program of their 
um, town, Vista, California, uh, and uh, and saved the Moonlight Theatre. The Moonlight Theatre. I mean, how lovely is that? And Vista has actually proclaimed February the 14th to be Dr. Bronner's Day um, in honour of that uh, amazing donation. They're just such a cool company. They, they want everyone to thrive. It's not just about a race to their own uh, finish line of um, – of growth and profits and, you know, and, and taking all the money. They're actually about prospering as a, as a, as a collective. And it's very much the, um, ethos that Dr. Bronner instilled when he founded the company and, uh, and one that continued on throughout the ages. And I just, I just love everything they're about. So it's wonderful to have them as a sponsor this month. And you have that wonderful 15% off their entire range with the low tox life podcast or one word uppercase as your code. Uh, so make the most of it because you've only got a couple of weeks left. I'll remind you on Facebook and Instagram as well over the next week. Um, now we also have, I just have a couple of things to tell you before I hook into the interview with Kate. One being that this Friday, I have a free webinar on healthy homes. Now you guys who've been listening for a while will know that my home has made me rather unwell, uh, with, um, uh, low grade water damage and how that has kind of crept up on me over the years to becoming a full-blown chronic inflammatory response. Uh, And uh, what I've done is I've decided to share that story and actually invite the amazing building biologist who you would have heard on show 52 where we talked about electromagnetic frequencies, um, Nicole Bilsma. She's also a PhD candidate. She's also a naturopath. She's also studied Chinese medicine. She has an incredible brain, an incredible uh, desire to help people access information that's going to help them thrive. I think, you know, we always um, make the most powerful um, steps in our roles as educators, uh, when there's been a mess and her mess was 10 miscarriages before she figured out that her home was making her unhealthy and, uh, her smart meter was on the other side of their bedroom wall. And, you know, mine is the mold situation here. And, uh, you know, often when things aren't so obvious, it can take <laughs> something really massive to happen to your health for you to finally go, oh, maybe it's where I'm living. Maybe it's actually not that mold just bugs me when it turns up, but it's actually causing uh, a lot of this. So I am absolutely delighted to be putting this webinar on. It's at 8.30 p.m. Sydney time, Australia. Um, so people in Europe and Australia, that'll be a great time for everybody, probably quite early in the morning for you guys up in Canada or the US. Um, and maybe a bit too late for the New Zealanders, but we have, for anyone who registers, of course, you're going to receive the recording if you can't make it live. But if you can make it live, Nicole's going to be giving away a couple of books on the night and doing live Q&A. So if you have burning questions about the health of your home, whether it's EMFs, mold, dirty electricity, uh, how to install solar panels safely, you name it, whenever, whatever it, it, that pertains to the home in relation to our health, um, then bring your questions. I would just love to have hundreds and hundreds of us there uh, soaking up Nicole's amazing knowledge. We'll be on the call for about an hour, an hour and a half. So it's going to have a lot of great information in it. Um, and uh, and so that's happening this Friday. I have all the details in the show notes or you might have seen on um, Facebook that I've um, shared the link to join there. And then, of course, next Monday we have Golo Talks. I cannot believe this. It is the 10th 
round of the course. 10th birthday, people. Uh, We've had over two and a half thousand of you guys do this course in the last three and a half years. Um, And we have I think students from 31 countries so far. So just to give you an idea of how much of an impact this course is having on hundreds of thousands of people that those two and a half thousand people then touch in their lives when it comes to knowing how to make the best, safest, simplest choices across our daily lives, across all the topics. We're talking everything from sun care to makeup to hair to laundry to cleaning to uh, home renovation, pets, pests, um, mold, dust, uh, cookware, bakeware, uh, kids. I could go on and on. There are 17 topics that we cover. And, uh, and if you join with the lifer or even the premium option, you receive the entire ebook in, um, of the course at the end. And if you join as a lifer, you get to just keep logging on. So you don't have the rush to try and get through all the interviews in the 60 days that we run the course live. Um, and you also have me coaching, you know, a lot of the times we end up in these interviews rabbit holes and we don't know what's what and what from what. And, uh, and I created this course to help people come together and just focus in on the topics that we need to just nail, get down pat and have that information for the rest of our lives. So we can always make a great decision wherever we are. Now, because it's the 10th birthday, I'm giving everybody 10% off for the whole week until Sunday night. So if you're a latecomer and you book from after Monday, which we always leave it open for a couple of days because we get it, people are busy. But if you book by Sunday, you're going to get 10% off whether whatever level you join on. So I would hope, hope, hope that if finance has maybe been a bit tricky, that means for only $90 you can join if you just join with the basic and you can even upgrade later, which uh, 97% of people do based on our stats. So it's a great course. It's really motivating. It's super nurturing. I make it so, so easy to make better swaps across daily life choices uh, because of the amount of resources that we've now collected over the last three and a half years to make it better and better and better every single round. And if you're an alumni and you want to take a refresh, of course, you're going to be getting that email today, actually, in your inbox um, to offer you your special uh, retake um uh, price, which is only ever $59. So once you've done the course once, you can do it again and it's only 59 bucks. So it's really, really inexpensive. And even less if you're in euro or pounds or US dollars, that's Australian dollars that I'm quoting there. So, um, enjoy that 10% off. GoLotox10 is the code. You've got everything in the show notes today and to make the most of that free webinar and of the Dr. Bronner's offer. And I will now without further ado, hook into this wonderful chat with uh, Kate Burton, the founder of Queen Bee Candles. Hello, Kate. How are you? Hi, Alex. I'm well. And you? I'm super well, thank you. And absolutely thrilled to have you on the show today talking all things wax. And Um, having done your course, I'm excited to be on the show. I know. It's great, isn't it? And, um, you know, we absolutely love sharing the work that you do with students. And uh, we've got a round coming up next Monday, as I mentioned in the intro. So I just can't wait to get a a new group of newbies in to learn all things low tox. It's going to be awesome. Yes. 
Um, but we're not here to talk about that. I want to pick your brain <laughs> on everything's candle related today. And I'd love to start by asking how you got into candle making in the first place. Uh, it started as a hobby. So it was a very organic start to the business. I had um, very severe panic attacks about 20 years ago oh. um, while I was working in the corporate sector. And so my GP suggested that I might want to get a life and uh, get some hobbies. <laughs> what a good GP. And, yeah, I know. Wonderful. And uh, so I took up uh, carpentry. I took up oil painting, pottery, and candle making, beeswax candle making. Um, and, you know, working long hours, it was hard to get home from work late at night and start up the belt sander or get all of my oil paints out. So I was rolling a lot of beeswax candles as a way of calming my mind and, you know, reducing anxiety late in the day. Um, and so, you know, like many hobbies I gave away beeswax candles to friends and then when I ran out of friends I started doing markets but really my goal at the time was the only sort of fundraising day that existed at the time was red nose day Mm -hmm. and I remember driving uh, across the harbour bridge once and seeing the opera house lit up for this and thinking if depression and anxiety affects one in three people, um, why aren't we getting the opera house lit up in blue? Mm. Uh, and at the time, there was only really Beyond Blue addressing anxiety and depression. Um, and I read four newspapers a day and had anxiety, and I'd never heard about Beyond Blue. Um, Isn't until, that interesting? So you didn't yeah. even realise there was a resource No, because 20 years ago, it wasn't discussed nearly as much as it is now. Mm. Uh, And at the time, Beyond Blue's media strategy, you know, relied on someone high profile to commit suicide. And then they would be in the newspapers talking about it. And so I thought, you know, my idea was that to have the conversation with kids, we would get kids rolling beeswax candles at school Mm -hmm. and At the same time, they could have an educator talking to them about depression and anxiety, and then those beeswax candles could be sold as fundraising for Beyond Blue. Um, And so I I was still in the corporate world, and, you know, one of our agencies did a logo for me, and a friend came up with the name Queen Bee because my nickname had always been Bee because my surname was Burton, Mm. so nothing to do with... Um, you know, a honeybee. Yeah. And, you know, so I had business cards and a letterhead and packaging done. And then I sent this proposal down to Beyond Blue. And uh, I never, I didn't for a second anticipate them saying no. I just thought that this was the way forward. And this is how we were going to start a national conversation about depression and anxiety, particularly in regional communities as well. Mm. Anyway, they said no. And so I had business cards and a letterhead and packaging and I no longer had my how I'm going to change the world idea, which was, you know, the idea was to, you know, help tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people at a time. And so instead, the path that I've been on is, you know, lighting up lives one person at a time. And that takes a lot longer to get anywhere. But, you know, we've been going for 15 years now. 
And uh, so we have a lot of history now behind us. Yeah. Um, Was it one of like those moments where it ends up being the best no possible because it actually made you go for it and, and get started on your own? Uh, to answer the question absolutely honestly, no, ah, it wasn't. It, interesting. I, my dream with Queen Bee in my top ten reasons for Queen Bee, none of them are about making money. Mm. Um, I, I want to make the world a better place. And I know that that is cliched, but oh, that no. is genuinely <laughs> You're what I've been here. like. <laughs> yeah, and I've been like that since I was a child. Like yeah. I have behaviours and things that I've done since I was a kid that were all about that. Um, I passionately love Queen Bee. I think that the opportunity to have started the national conversation 20 years ago and potentially have saved hundreds or thousands of lives in the last 20 years by getting Light Up a Life off the ground mm. would have been an amazing achievement. Yeah. Um, my achievements have been different. So, no, I'd like it was just where if you'd asked me were the panic attacks um, a blessing in disguise, yes, mm. 100%. Gotcha. I wouldn't be doing Queen Bee without the panic attacks. And, yes, they are the most traumatic thing I've ever been through in my life. And when my anxiety is playing up, I would struggle to say to you that they were a blessing. Mm. Um, but with 2020 vision and hindsight and – thinking about my life prior and my life now, they've been an absolute gift. Thank you for being so honest. It's uh, just, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not easy to share these things, right? And Well, but I think, you know, the funny thing is my parent, right from the moment I was diagnosed with panic attacks, mum and dad were speaking about it to their friends and right. then everyone came out of the woodwork. Mm -hmm. It turned out that every single one of their friends, either a child had experience with it or they had experience with it or a family member, and yet none of them had ever discussed it publicly. Mm. So I think I get that from mum and dad, um, and I don't really have a filter, which is that I am just me, and, you know, people can choose to like me for my honesty, but I can assure you that there are many, many people that don't like me uh, for my honesty. But it's only ever my story and it's only ever my opinion. And again, if I can help someone by saying, look, 20 years ago, I couldn't leave the house. Mm. I couldn't drive. My panic attacks were so bad. I moved back in with my parents and now you know, I'm running a uh, business where we make 170,000 beeswax candles a year and I can travel anywhere in the world without having panic attacks and, 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 and mm. if I help one person with that story, then my life is worth, it. worth something yeah. or worthwhile or that day was worth living yeah. kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I, I totally, I totally empathize with that. Um, obviously, from a different angle, I've um, had the great fortune of having quite solid mental health 
Um, but you know, we all experience dark times and I'm passionate about being open about those. Mm. So especially, especially in today's climate of the wellness movement, um, yes. of perfection and, uh, gorgeous, um, you know, and please no offense to anyone who happens to be in their early twenties who's listening to the show right <laughs> now, but really gorgeous, um, perfect looking early twenties people on the internet. Um, that unfortunately quite often make the rest of people feel dreadful because no one feels like they can live up to anything um, yes. and d- make a good go of being healthy. And, I mean, yes. being healthy is a God-given right. Everyone yes. can access that with the right tools. Um, and so I think the more of us that are real and start real conversations and, uh, you know, to be honest, when I, as I think about it, the more – of us that we don't judge other people for being sort of naturally lucky to be healthy or thin or look That's stunning exactly when they're young. Thinking. You know what I mean? Yes. Like no one a, a general acceptance uh, from us all about wherever anyone is at, however or whoever wants to do anything in the world that is of good and kindness and come from a really real place doing it, sharing the, the crappy parts along the way. Yes, um, yes. I think we're going to get a lot further a lot faster. Yeah, same. Mm, yeah. And and sometimes those messages are hard to take. I'm sure that they're things that I'm going to say during this podcast that, you know, will offend some people or maybe the way that I say it. Um, and I think the thing is to come back to intention, which is that my intentions are good, and come back to facts. Um, I used to be a lawyer, so uh-huh. I have checked my facts very, very thoroughly. And there is nothing that I will say either today or on the website or in a blog post or in a newsletter that is not 100% factually correct. And sometimes that's not, uh, that's not pleasant to hear. And mm-hmm. when we start talking about soy, um, you know, it, it will be there that, uh, you know, I've had many different conversations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So actually, so let's talk about the different possible waxes that might be in someone's candle. So there are three mm-hmm. uh, major types of waxes. One is paraffin. Yeah. Um, paraffin is a petrochemical byproduct. Yeah. So when they discovered petroleum, um, in Burma in the 1850s, so the 19th century, which absolutely transformed uh, candle making. Mm. And if you think about it at the time, candles were used to extend the working day mm. um, or prolong the day. So they had a profound effect on lives. Originally, the only types of candles available were beeswax and tallow. Tallow mm. is animal oh, fat. Yeah, of course. Um, but tallow used to smoke terribly. Um, then in the mid-18th century, so the seven mid-1700s, the whaling industry, um, you know, came up with the first serious alternative to tallow, which was sper- spermaceti, which mm-hmm. is um, from the whale's uh, head cavity. Um, and then the next uh, development was in the 19th century with the discovery of petroleum. Petroleum gets processed into four different products. There's 
benzene, which is a carcinogen, mm. um, and that was marketed as a leather and furniture cleaning cleaner. There's kerosene, which was an oil. There's paraffin, which is a solid wax. And um, there was lubricating oil or petrol, what we would put in cars. Mm. Um, and to give you an example of the impact that it had on the market, um, in 1870, about 12% of candles were made from paraffin. And within 30 years, so by 1900, it was 90% of candles. And it would probably be a similar figure now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for instance, glasshouse candles are paraffin. Um, most of what you would buy at Ikea, Coles, yeah. Dusk, all of those um, stores are made from paraffin. It's a very cheap wax because it's a byproduct of making petrol. Mm. It's a waste product, basically. Mm. And if you get to sell your waste product, that's pretty good, but you sell it cheaply. Mm -hmm. um, so there's paraffin, which would be the major candle wax used globally. Then in the last 10 years, we've seen uh, palm wax and mm -hmm. soy wax coming up. Um, in Australia, we're quite versed in palm oil. And so in Australia, palm wax doesn't do particularly well because we're all aware of the environmental damage of clear felling virgin rainforests for this cash crop, yeah. Um, yeah. palm plantations. But basically, palm oil is refined into palm wax and soybean oil is made into soy wax. So uh, in the case of soy wax, you will almost never see soy wax without the word preceding it, natural. Mm -hmm. And the reality is there's no such thing as natural soy wax. Mm -hmm. There's natural <laughs> soybean oil, mm -hmm. and then there is chemically bleached, heavy metal hydrogenated soybean oil, which is soy wax. Can you talk us through um, heavy metal hydrogenation, just for people yes. who don't know what that is? So to turn an oil into a solid, mm. you hydrogenate it. And in the, in the process of hydrogenation, you have to use a catalyst. With soybean oil, the catalyst that they use is nickel. Right. Um, another product that people would be really familiar with as being hydrogenated is margarine. Mm -hmm. So margarine is hydrogenated vegetable oil. You're turning an oil into a solid. Soybean oil gets turned into soybean wax by uh, this catalyst nickel in the hydrogenation process. Right. So if anyone yeah. needed another reason not to eat uh, hydrogenated fats, even though they've very thankfully been whittled out of our food system yes. um, over the last few years, at least in, in the majority yeah. of the sense of the word, um, then uh, then the nickel used in the processing is, uh, is not so great. Very yeah, interesting. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. And of course, there's, I mean, it creates tens of millions of dioxins, yes. which then go straight into the environment. The other drawback is like extra virgin olive oil, which has quite a strong aroma, um, soybean oil has quite a strong aroma. And so the reason that they chemically bleach it first is to remove some of the aroma in the colour. Uh -huh. But actually, it still has an unpleasant aroma, which is why you won't find 
an unscented mm-hmm. soy soy wax candle. Or I so love that we're doing bleach. this. This is great. I mean, well, and for anyone out there who's freaking out at this point, thinking, "Oh my gosh, what's in my candles?" Please just take a little deep breath and go. You know what? I didn't know this yesterday. It's not my fault. Yes. There's some exciting change afoot, and we're all yes. good. And you know, and for that's anyone... what I loved about your course. It was really non-judgmental, and oh, you kept absolutely. reassuring us yeah. of. It's okay. Mm. Now you know. Um, now you can make the change. And, yeah. you know, so I say that same thing to people that come across Queen Bee or Beeswax Candles is you're as likely to make yourself sick with worry as with all the toxins in your life. So let go of the worry. Stress will now kill us you know. far before anything else does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. Mm. So... You know, the other part of that is that every essential oil at a bulk level Mm. comes with an MSDS, which is a material safety data sheet. And every essential oil MSDS says, do not combust this oil. Mm -hmm. And what happens when you fragrance a candle is that you pour typically fragrant oils, and they're synthetic petrochemicals anyway. But let's just pretend that the candle maker was using pure essential oils. You pour that into the wax, and then the way that a candle works is through capillary action. So the wax is drawn up the wick to fuel the flame. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the case of a scented candle, the wax and the essential oil or fragrant oil is drawn up the wick to fuel the flame and you end up combusting that essential oil. Now, every essential oil comes with an MSDS that says, do not combust this oil because it creates polycyclic hydrocarbons, which are carcinogens. Mm -hmm. So before people freak out, it's perfectly safe to put drops of oil in your vaporizer or your diffuser or your oil burner where it's being diffused or vaporized into the air. It's not actually ever coming in contact with the flame, Mm. but there is no safe way of burning a scented candle without breathing in carcinogens or smoke. Yeah. And it's ama- it's amazing to me the number of stores that I walk into or homes that I walk into. And people will have all of these scented soy candles in jars burning and there's soot mm. all around the jar and they don't seem to realise that that's what's in their lungs. Mm-hmm. And they, they also don't seem to have a problem with it, <laughs> which... I just find fascinating. Well, we can't have a problem with what we don't know is a problem, can we? Yeah, and I suppose being in the industry, mm. it's all, it's you know, it is consumed, I would say, probably 86% of my waking hours for 15 years. <laughs> so You're in me, a bubble, Kate. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's just completely bloody obvious. Oh, sorry, pardon okay. the strong language. Kate but it's just completely farmers. obvious <laughs> that if there's soot all over the glass, yeah, yeah. then that is what you're breathing in. Oh, I hear you. And um, then we have to think about the alternative. So if we're not going to use the essential oils in the candle-making process, and we're going to use synthetic fragrances. And then that opens us up to phthalates, which are endocrine disruptive, uh, and and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, you know, within a synthetic fragrance, it can be in and around 150 different chemical compounds that make that fragrance up. That are completely unregulated. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and untested. 
And when you say untested, I'd love to see, uh, because I, I obviously have done a lot of research for the upcoming book and in the course yes. we talk about this a lot as yes. well. And to my knowledge, in most Western um, uh, regulatory bodies, we have the situation where the government allows companies to privately assess and put forward the safety of the chemical that they want to register. Is that That's your understanding, understanding as well? Too. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And, and I mean, if you look at NICNAS, which is a, if you're importing chemicals into Australia, then you have to be, you have to register those chemicals with a national body called NICNAS. Mm -hmm. And there are a couple of the soy candle companies that are the biggest importers of chemicals into Australia. Wow. Being both Candles. their wax and their fragrances or, you know, whatever they're using. I don't hold myself out to be an expert on fragrances because for me it's just an absolute no-go zone. Mm. Uh, I know that I could double our revenue almost overnight by offering a scented candle. Yeah. Everyone thinks that they want scented candles. Mm. But I will not turn something that is completely non-toxic to burn and exactly as nature intended into toxic for marketing reasons. Yay. So Thank you. My, That's why we my, love you. It's a, look, it's a much harder and slower way to go. Oh, Queen I agree. is like pounding your head against a brick wall, <laughs> um, which I have a very strong skull. But... You know, ultimately, I have to wake up every morning with myself and with my integrity on the line. Absolutely. And I know that people talk that talk, but I actually walk that walk and, and I feel it very passionately, yeah. very, very passionately. There's not a day that goes by where I will compromise on my integrity in Queen Bee. And I think after 15 years, which is a bit of a, it's a bit of a gift in a way, um, because our customers trust me. Mm. You know, I don't hide who I am. I lay my soul bare in our newsletters and in the blog. And, you know, it's very proby like against all marketing rules. Oh, I'm the um, same, Kate. You know, yeah. I've, I've attended courses where you're supposed to get people through funnels and all yes. these sorts of things to, yes. to maximise revenue. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to bear my heart on my sleeve yes. and say, yes. I think this course changes lives. If you're up yes. for it, come join me. And yeah, I, exactly. that, that's the kind of way I can wake up and feel good about myself in the morning as well. I can't yes. lure people under false pretenses into things and certainly can't uh, compromise integrity. So you are, no. you are speaking to a soul sister. I totally and, agree with and, everything and you've I just said. And I think out there listening to this will be hundreds of other oh, we are. soul sisters and We're soul that kind brothers. Of community. Yeah, that's mm. it. And it's why we've all come together. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, so obviously um, – beeswax candles are the way forward after hearing about all those different waxes. How do we, how is it that we can still be burning a wax and yet not produce any carcinogens? How does that work? Oh, I mean, that the answer to that is ask Mother Nature. Yeah, okay. 
So to be honest. It's as simple as having analysed the wax and not had any correct. byproducts. And had it yeah. tested. Yeah. Um, and having centuries of, you know, testing and use. Mm. Um, what I find fascinating is that in the early days, beeswax was only affordable to royalty and the aristocracy. Mm. Um, and then somewhere along the line, and I think it's to do with when crude oil was discovered, um, you know, beeswax, I think due to the cost, yeah. all of the major producers, like the major producer at the time was a company called Prices in the UK, and Prices switched to paraffin wax. And so then the only beeswax candles that were made were made by beekeepers. And when you are a beekeeper, you get 20 kilos of honey for every one kilo of wax. Mm -hmm. So you won't find a beekeeper that's in beekeeping for the wax. Mm. It's just a byproduct for them. They're all in it for the honey. And then there's this amazing byproduct that they get as well. Um, but there tends to be, and this may sound snobbish and I don't intend it to, um, because it's not their focus, uh, when I started researching beeswax, A, I found very little written on it, and B, most of what I found written about beeswax candle making, I now know to be wrong. Oh, wow. Um, well, like what? So Do you have an example? The temperature at which you pour candles. Oh, so okay. all of the literature on making beeswax candles will tell you to pour beeswax candles at 80 degrees, mm -hmm. but at 80 degrees you're burning your beeswax. Oh. So. Our beeswax, we never pour any higher than 70 degrees. Mm -hmm. um, and we generally try and hold it at 68. Now, yeah. that's a much harder way to make a beeswax candle mm -hmm. because the melting point of beeswax is 63 degrees Celsius. So that's the highest melting point of any candle wax. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of the reasons why you get the beautiful big golden flame because we can use a much bigger wick in a beeswax candle because of the much higher melting point. If you look at your paraffin candles, you'll often find that the wick is actually flat. And what they're trying to do is put in a smaller wick as they can because paraffin and soy have such a low melting point, being oils, hydrogenated oils, um, the flame is too hot for the wax. And right. that's why they drown the wick. Because mm. the flame is too hot, so it's melting too much wax. And if the wax can escape, it will. It will drip everywhere. If the wax can't escape, then it drowns the wick. So that's, you know, the laws of physics going mm. on. Um, with beeswax, you've got this very high melting point. Um, so you can have a much bigger wick in it and you can make pillar candles. The reason that soy candles are always in jars is because of the low melting point. You know, but you've sort of had this largest privately owned company in the world that has gone, right, we're going to follow the palm oil industry and we're going to, you know, market these natural scented soy wax candles and we're going to tell the public that what they want is scented candles in jars. Mm. And you literally have millions of people across the world lining the road, admiring the emperor's new clothes. Mm -hmm. And to anyone who burns beeswax, we're kind of standing there in puzzlement, going, the emperor is naked. You do not want to burn scented soy candles in jars. Um, 
but they've got this massive marketing budget and they have all the celebrities on board and this and then the next thing. And for the person making beeswax, and beeswax is a raw material, is 50 times the price of paraffin and about 30 times the price of soy wax. Wow. So if you picture in your head a $2 candle, you know, let's call it an inch or two inches high and an inch wide, a $2 candle in, you know, a grocery store. And then our wax was 50 times the price. So we now need to charge $100 for that candle to be on the same margins. Mm -hmm. Then consider that that candle at $2 would be made in China. And according to the Chinese ministry website, the average manufacturing wage in China is a dollar an hour, where we pay $25 an hour in Australia. Mm. So now our uh, $100 candle needs to be $2,500 or $2,500 to be on the same margin. And, of course, I'm not going to sell any candles that are two inches high and one inch wide for $2,500. It's not going to happen. Um, so we may be selling that candle for, say, $6 or yeah. $8. And people will look at beeswax candles and go, oh, they're expensive. Mm. And it's like, no, actually, they're not. If you're using... A, chemi a genetically modified, chemically bleached, heavy metal hydrogenated oil that is subsidised by the US government. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to put it in know, a nutshell. <laughs> that's it. Then you can't, or, you know, a toxic byproduct of petroleum refining. Mm. You can't actually compare that to beeswax. What we use in our candles is basically if you chew on honeycomb, that wax that is left over once you've chewed out all the honey, mm. that is what's in our candle. That and a cotton wick. Yeah. There's nothing else. Yeah. Um, and, and so basically it's about getting in touch with that, you know, we've heard True Cost used as a beautiful documentary in the fashion industry. It's like we yes. need to get back to the true cost of candles if we want to have candles right. in our lives. And it's, right. to be honest, I don't find it to be that much more than any of the so-called luxury scented soy candles. Um, it's very comparable, if not cheaper in most yes. cases. Um, Which is so ironic. I mm. mean, we've had beeswax go up 300% in the last four years and I haven't put our prices up, which is actually a bit of a disaster financially for Queen Bee and for the business. Mm. But I'm just so sick of hearing, and I've heard it for 15 years, oh, your candles are expensive. Mm. And so now I have, you know, an enormous chip on my shoulder that I walk around with because I don't want to sell expensive candles. <laughs> it was never my dream yeah. to sell expensive candles. It was always my dream to make the purest light available on the planet. Mm. And I believe that we do that. Yes. And I, I genuinely think through, believe. Oh, and I can yeah, hear you it in your voice, Kate. So I think, <laughs> I think what's important is the education piece that comes with then changing the conversation that people have so that when a mate buys another friend a beeswax candle for their birthday – um, and they, you know, and the, the perception is that that was really expensive. Oh, you didn't need to do that. That's too expensive. So actually, you know what? I've learned a lot about candles and this is what I've learned on this podcast recently. And yes. it turns out that I'd much prefer to buy half the candles and twice the quality so that I'm looking after people and planet when I'm buying my yeah. gifts. And, yeah. uh, and the rest of them can have a, a box of chocolates. <laughs> you know? Yes. And so, you know, the other thing that's interesting is that, 
like, and this is where nature is so extraordinary. So the flame of a beeswax candle is the same light spectrum as the sun. Wow. You know, that's a cool with, fact. Exactly. And with paraffin and soy and palm. Yeah. And I've even seen frigging olive oil candles and coconut oil candles. Oh, there was always the going to be a coconut oil candle turning up. Yeah. <laughs> It's all the same. Mm -hmm. um, in the case of soy and paraffin, they chemically bleach, so you get a whiter flame. Yes. There's no light spectrum of the sun. So that would be upsetting um, our melatonin production. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. Uh, you know, so that's why I don't fiddle with nature. Um, yeah. We do. We clean our beeswax for 48 hours. Um, so with beeswax candles, you'll see like queen bee candles are what I would call a very blonde beeswax mm -hmm. um it's darker than cream so it's slightly yellower than cream uh but it's considered a very blonde beeswax um then you'll see very yellow beeswax candles out and about now yellow beeswax candles have a lot more pollen in them and pollen is a protein mm -hmm. so pollen fuels a flame mm -hmm. so yellow beeswax candles will burn 20 to 30 percent faster than a blonde beeswax candle, mm -hmm. and they'll also smoke because you're burning up the pollen, this protein that is in the beeswax. Yeah. And they're more likely to drip because of the protein in the wax and the larger flame. Um, and then you will find beeswax candles that are more on, I suppose, the mustard or brown spectrum, and that's propolis. So bees collect propolis from trees. It's a resin from mm, trees. Propolis and it's highly brilliant antibacterial. Yeah. Exactly. I love if it for If you get a um, sore throat, yes, exactly. you get propolis down your throat. Mm. But as a candle maker, you don't want propolis in your beeswax, A, because the only way you can remove it is with alcohol, oh. and alcohol ruins beeswax. And B, propolis is a resin, and resins don't burn. Mm -hmm. So any beeswax candle that is on the mustard to brown spectrum, you'll find will get a very small flame and ultimately put itself out. Right. So it'll be so, one of those frustrating bath experiences. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> or, you know, and, and that's the experience of beekeepers making beeswax candles with this byproduct of their honey production. Mm -hmm. They don't know about cleaning beeswax. We spend 48 hours cleaning our wax with water mm. and filters. We've filtered our beeswax to 25 microns, which means – 25 thousandths yeah. of a millimeter we're capturing in our filters to get all of that dust. Mm. Um, so beehives are completely food grade. Mm -hmm. So there's no bacteria or anything in a beehive, but they don't seem to mind dust. And normally beehives are kept you know, in our national parks, which is where you're going to find a yellow box, like enough yellow box trees flowering or enough iron bark trees flowering that you're going to get a single origin honey. Mm. Um, so we have to get that dust out because dust clogs the wick. Yeah. Amazing. So much good knowledge. <laughs> and I think, you know, like I feel like when people do our Real Food Rockstars course or Golo Talks or, you know, just – any kind of education that anyone receives, wherever you receive it, that enlightens you to a truer, simpler way of 
um, of being in the world and, and um, a, a more kind of uh, a truer, simpler way of even putting whether or not you buy something through uh, a series of questions in your mind before yes. you get it. Yes. There's actually you become so proud and so happy uh, to to purchase things and to purchase less because you know that when you do purchase things, it really yes. counts, matters for you, for the company that you're buying from, for the planet that we live on. And, like, I get goosebumps every time I think about that little trio yes. of win-win-win of because and that's I how it should also, be. For me, it's also about empowerment. Mm, absolutely. I feel empowered that I buy the things that I buy. I feel empowered when I stop using cling wrap and I use beeswax wrap. I mm. feel empowered by so many of the things mm. that you teach in your course. And they were simple little choices that we can make in life. Um, yeah, I think it's very, yes, you can feel proud, but, you know, feel empowered by making those decisions and know that making those decisions impacts lives. And I get sometimes that's where I feel, you know, almost depressed or a bit downhearted when I go to a Westfield and there are literally, you know, you cannot find a park in the car park. Mm. And I know that because of the rents that they charge, we don't have a single retailer in a Westfield because they can't afford to stock Australian-made product. Mm. Um, you know, they have to get the two or three or four hundred percent markup so that they can afford to pay those rents. Yeah. And of course, the only place that you're going to get two, three, four hundred percent markup is with products that are made in developing countries. Um, it's hard to live consciously. It's mm. much harder to live consciously or to buy your beeswax candles online or, you know, I, I think I told you earlier, I did a survey recently about using beeswax wraps mm. and I had three different surveys and one of the surveys was for people who hadn't yet used beeswax wraps and why, what were their objections or what were the hurdles that they needed to go get through. And a lot of the feedback was about, it appeared to them that it was going to take longer. And that with Glad Wrap, you can just throw it in the bin. Mm. Um, where with the beeswax wrap, you need to wash it. And is it hard to wash? And then where am I going to hang them up to dry? And then how do I store them? And, you know, how do I see what's in that bowl in the fridge? And I can't relate to any of that. But I guess my overall response to that and every other decision that we make in life is that it slows you down, which mm. is a good thing. You know, if you need to, every time you go and get your shopping, you wrap your whole cauliflower in a beeswax wrap mm. or you take your bread out of that brown paper bag and you wrap, it slows you down. Yes, mm. it does take longer. That's a good thing. Yeah, I know. We need to stop thing. seeing that as a bad thing, don't we? That's it. Yeah, yeah that's a, it. And I know that people are busy and mm. I know that people have kids and jobs and mortgages and that it can appear to be overwhelming. But once we make that choice to slow down, be a little bit more conscious, we all work hard for your money, for our money, 
when you spend money, at, and I can only speak for Queen Bee, when you spend money with Queen Bee, you are also providing jobs to the metal turner who hand makes our metal candle holders. You're providing jobs at the foundry in Victoria that makes our wee willy winkies and our dunny Aww. lights. Yeah. You're providing jobs in, you know, Armadale and Glen Innes and all the way down to Canberra because our beekeepers can afford to employ people locally. Um, then those people go and spend their money at the local IGA and IGA can afford to employ more people locally. Like there's this massive multiplier effect mm. that we need to happen mm. with money. But if you go and spend that money on these ridiculous Joe Malone, Sia Trudon, you know, whatever, mm. that money is just going straight overseas. Mm -hmm. And people just don't seem to get that. I don't care whether you're a lawyer or a doctor or an investment banker or a teacher – Mm. We need more Australian money in the Australian economy. Yeah. And ultimately, with more Australian jobs, you know, being, being – and then them spending their money in Australia, that all comes back to the banks and the investment banks and the teachers. And there, there's not a single job in Australia that isn't impacted by a vibrant Australian economy. Mm. And But the same can be said for – the type of business that we buy from because we've got a lot yes. of, you know, overseas listeners and yes. and, it, and I'm just thinking, you know, it's actually about creating a an economy of good <laughs> yes. wherever we are in the world and, you know, um, like especially if we think really big picture, 90%. I was reading this on a David Suzuki um study that he published on the website last year, which blew my mind that up to 90% of the carbon footprint of a product happens before it leaves the farm gate. And, wow. you know, we worry so much about carbon miles and the, the tr distance that products travel yes. when actually the principal thing we need to worry about is how things are made yes. um, and rather than how far they travel. And that just... That really challenged me as well because yes. I just thought, wow, we need to think so big picture in this. It but kind also of thinking about how far things have travelled. I mean, I've thought of that with Queen Bee. Mm. It, for Queen Bee Australia, I'm exceptionally passionate about Australian beekeepers. Yeah, I course. want to live in a country with vibrant regional communities here that I go and visit. Yeah. But do I – I would be quite comfortable with – American queen bee being passionate about American bee beekeepers and a European queen bee being passionate mm. about European beekeepers. So it's the, you're saying the way we structure companies as they That's grow, right. yes, yes, to then support and the local economies that they then become a part of. Oh, my gosh, That's I just it. got goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> well, it makes it a lot harder, to be honest. Yeah. It makes it a lot harder. Yeah, because you can't centralise your, your chain of supply. Yeah. And all of a sudden I would have to have makers, you know, in America and, 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 and I can't be split into three. Mm. Um, and I guess Well, if someone out there is listening thinking, <laughs> wow, you know, get in touch with Kate. You never know where these conversations go. That wasn't what I was freaking for with us. <laughs> but I am. I want this to happen. That's interesting. 
<laughs> is that Australian, and this is why we've had the 300% increase in the price of wax, mm. is that Australian beeswax is the only wax in the world without chemical miticides in it. Oh, right. Um, so Australia is the only country in the world without the varroa mite, mm -hmm. which means that our hives aren't chemically treated. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, that's why, I mean, for, I've been studying this because, of course, it's a massive problem yeah. for queen bee. The Our wax literally goes up every month. Mm. Um, and, you know, one of the major uses of beeswax is in pharmaceuticals and particularly in hormone replacement therapy. Mm -hmm. And what the beeswax does in the hormone replacement therapy is delay the um, – that drug being released into your system over 24 hours. Right. Um, now, it may only be 1% of the hormone replacement therapy. So if the price goes up 300% and you're a pharmaceutical company that's working on 4,000% margins, mm -hmm. you're not really going to worry that your beeswax has gone up from $0.01 cents to $0.04. Cents. Mm -hmm. But when you're hand-making a beeswax candle from 100% pure beeswax, um, that's more of an issue. Yeah. Um, Anyway, that's part of globalisation. It is. Uh, I'm personally not a massive fan of globalisation, which I guess makes me fuddy-duddy and old-fashioned. And... No, but I really like the idea that, um, you know, with a bit of work and a bit of yes. work on the structure, you can actually grow businesses past the country of origin yes. into, into very, um, very locally passionate, where, you know, wherever yes. you then seed that company overseas. I yes. think that is... The way forward. That's and a it's really a new exciting way thought. of thinking and mm. expansion. And of course, what everyone seems to do these days is want to list their company. And when you list your company, by law, your number one priority becomes a return to your shareholders. Mm. And that, to me, is completely dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. You know, what about your staff? Surely mm. that should be your number one priority. What about your suppliers? Yeah. You know, Woolworths, like Farmers Day, we give 10% of our profits to farmers. For, it's like, well, don't screw them the other 353 <laughs> days a year. You know, I'm not going to support your Farmers Day. Yeah. Every day should be Farmers Day uh, oh, from that, my yes. perspective. Sing it, sister. Um, <laughs> so as I said, I'm probably going to offend some people. I, I just, you know, to me it's sort of obvious because I live it and I breathe it every single day. Well, and I'd imagine you um, spend a lot of time with farmers. I do. Mm. Yeah, and I, you know, I go and get all my fruit and veg up at the local organic market um, and I buy my eggs from the, you know, free range 150 birds per hectare, uh, you know, eggs. But it's, it's just – it's part of – well, it's part of who I am, but it's also, I guess that's what all of our customers are interested in mm. and how all of my friends are made up. So it actually consists of all of my conversations and I'm endlessly fascinated in knowledge. Knowledge is power. Yeah. And so I'm always asking questions. I love learning new things, whether they seem irrelevant or not. Mm. Uh, I just love learning and I love, um, you know, asking questions and being empowered to make the world that I want to live in. Yeah. And speaking of, of, the, uh, of that and, and um, the 
recent rise in veganism and um, anyone who follows the Low Tox Life community knows that it is not a community that tells anyone that they need to eat or live any certain way. We just offer up information for anyone to use as they wish. But I'm interested to see what your thoughts are around beeswax uh, being thought of as unvegan <laughs> oh or cruel. Um, okay. Is it, is are we where... harming bees in collecting beeswax? No, no, we're not. Okay. Uh, and, you know, this is probably another place where I'm going to offend some people. Well, because... it's a very grey area topic and it's a topic that's very much open for discussion. So I, okay. I'm really keen to hear your thoughts. So my thoughts are vegans don't eat without managed bees. Uh-huh. Managed bees are pollinating all of the fruit and vegetables that are in our uh, organic farmers' markets, let alone Coles, Woolies, mm. you know, anything that is produced domestically is pollinated by managed bees. Right. Uh, it's not randomly pollinated by <laughs> feral bees um, because farmers can't I was picturing choose. a feral bee and I just got quite a funny <laughs> yeah, yeah, image. with dreadlocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's dreadlocked the hairs on its legs and it's, uh, you know, how, how are you doing? Um, so, I, you know, I guess my passion with this, and again, it goes back to asking questions and having your own integrity. My philosophy with Queen Bee, we use only second, third or fourth generation beekeepers. Mm -hmm. We're not certified organic because certified organic, when it comes to beeswax and honey, is a bit of a misnomer. So mm -hmm. to be certified as organic, you need to have your bees five kilometres from the nearest chemically sprayed field or industry. Mm -hmm. But bees fly up to 14 kilometres. Yeah. So it's just silly. And anyone that knows bees would never expose their girls to chemicals. Mm. That's their workforce. Mm. Those They work hand in hand with their girls. So I don't go for certified organic because the only beekeepers that are certified organic are first-generation beekeepers. Mm. First-generation beekeepers have not been brought up understanding how to look after their girls without antibiotics, without sugar feeding. You'll always find second, third and fourth generation beekeepers are the most incredible botanists because the only way that they survive is to understand, you know, that a eucalyptus robusta, which is um, swamp mahogany, only flowers every seven years. And even then it only flowers if it had rain in spring mm. seven years prior, et cetera, et cetera. Australian eucalypts, of which there are over 2,000 varieties, are the most extraordinary trees. Mm -hmm. um, and every beekeeper understands and knows those trees intimately to understand you know, what their girls are going to be able to forage on at a particular time of year. Mm. Um, so my approach is to say I'm more interested in the actual animal husbandry side of things than in some sort of certification that ha isn't really worth the paper that it's written on. Mm. So, you know, there is another beeswax candle maker claiming certified organic. They're not certified organic and nor is their wax. Mm. And that question should be so asked we need to of ask. them. Yeah. So educate yourself. Yeah. That's what um, it all comes down to always, doesn't that's it? That's right. Yeah. And in the case of vegans, my personal belief 
is that it's good to ask questions. Hmm. It's really great to ask questions of the beekeeper, of the candle maker, of how are their bees treated? Are they using antibiotics in their hives? Are they um, sugar feeding their bees? Those are all excellent questions. Mm -hmm. And if the answer to all of those questions is no, then they can be reassured that they are actually working hand in hand with that beekeeper to feed themselves. Mm. They would not eat without that beekeeper and their bees pollinating all of our fruit and veg. What a beautiful way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, well, as a byproduct of that, nature gives us these two extraordinary gifts, mm. or really three yeah. or four. One is honey, and that is nature's sugar, mm. the original and the best. I understand that we're now eating agave and coconut sugar and blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. You know, it's all marketing to me. Mm. The original source of sweetness in life for centuries going back to bc times was honey and the original source of light was beeswax mm. those are gifts from nature now you can for someone who is so passionate about nature to say i'm going to disown you mm. these extraordinary gifts that you give me i'm going to say no when they haven't just asked the questions that needed to be asked. I love those questions you provided. Themselves. Yeah, they're really yeah. useful. And you can tell I feel really passionate about that because I take it personally. Mm. I take it personally on behalf of nature bees. and yep. the bees and my beekeepers. And beekeepers are extraordinary people. Mm. They work so hard. Yeah. Um, you know, a full box of honey is 40 kilos. I had one of my beekeepers here on Monday. He's 80 years old, had a quadruple bypass mm. three years ago. He's still managing 100 hives. Wow. He's strong and vibrant and the most incredible human being who could not be more passionate about looking after his girls. Mm. And I guess I take it personally on his behalf and behalf of all the other, um, you know, I think amazing human beings that I get to work with their product. You know, I won't accept wax that's been overheated. I won't accept, accept wax that has been extracted via a reducer. I won't accept wax in so many different ways. And so the beekeepers that I do source from – are really doing things the old way mm. and the way that is in the best interest, not only of the bee, but of the products that they produce. Well, They all yeah. produce raw honey. Um, you know, they're all producing this extraordinary beeswax. I, we would, I mean, I'm a, I'm the world judge at the World Beekeeping Awards. I'm the beeswax judge. For <laughs> Don't doubt national... that for a second after having spent an hour with you. <laughs> and I'm not like, I'm genuinely not, I'm genuinely not trying to get tickets on myself. No. I guess I just want to reassure yeah. people. Of course. But I've asked the questions on their behalf. Well, we're all just same... trying to find real deal businesses yes. to buy from at the end of the day yes. when we want to make 
choices to buy something. We just want yes. to know that it's going to be good for us, good for the business itself, good for the planet and yes. any animal that was involved in the process and, you know, just to, to, um, to have that peace of mind. So yes. to know that we have questions that we can ask, um, you know, and even the vegan uh, listeners amongst us can now ask those questions. I love that. Because answering those questions gives us the whether or not we want to buy that. And frankly, it'd be the same answer for all of us if it was, um, you know, whether you're vegan or not. You just want yes. to know that you're buying the good stuff. So, and to any yeah. vegan that I did offend, no. I'm, like I'm genuinely sorry. <laughs> I just don't want you – I want you to understand that you don't eat without bees. Yeah. And so to then not accept the gifts – that come as a part of that pollination work that they do seems really hard to me. Yeah. And it I seems like a slap in the face back to them. It's a wonderful way of looking at it. To, and, you know, I think it, we, we all need to be encouraged to open up our minds to, um, to good information wherever good information comes from, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, now you make wraps as well, and I'm keen to see just before we finish up – uh, whether in your journey to starting to make wraps, and I know you sent me some last week, but I'm saving them for the new kitchen when I've moved, <laughs> so I'm not opening them here. Um, can you talk me through anything that you found in beeswax wrap land that you, um, you know, you you wanted to to make sure that you you made the best wraps possible? Because I know you found a couple of things on on that journey. On that journey, yeah. So my I. And this is where life is interesting if you're open to what life is mm. kind of trying to say to you. Uh, and sometimes we become closed to what life is saying to us because we have a particular belief or, 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 or. So I always believed that I was put on the earth to make the purest light available, which is queen bee, pure beeswax candles. Yeah. And so when we decided to stock beeswax wraps, which was probably six or seven years ago, mm. I tested all the different Australian brands on the market and I tested all the international brands on the market. And the best brand that I came across was a brand out of Canada called Bees Wrap. Mm -hmm. And all oh, that sat difficultly with me because of the carbon footprint mm. And shipping, and the silly thing was that their distributor was in New Zealand, so it was a double whammy. These Canadian, and I went to them directly and said, "Can I buy from you directly?" And they said, "No, you have to buy from our New Zealand distributor." So the beeswax racks that I stocked, which were the best in the world, uh, got shipped to New Zealand and then shipped to Australia, and that didn't sit well with me. Mm. So. Uh, I then start. I wasn't happy with any of the Australian brands, which were all too heavy in beeswax, meaning that they're too brittle. Yeah. And so when you fold them over things, you get cracks and creases in the beeswax, and that means that they're no longer airtight. Mm. Um, so uh, it took us probably a couple of years to work on and perfect our recipe, and I did that in conjunction with one of our customers who's a doctor. And uh, again, at the time, my dream wasn't to become a beeswax wrap seller. Um, yeah. And so what we started off doing was running courses on making beeswax wraps. 
And when I announced the first course, it booked out overnight. We could only take 12 people and all 12 spots were going overnight. And so Mm. I thought, oh, isn't that amazing? Because then all of those people will go and make beeswax wraps with the correct recipe and give them to friends and, 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 and. You know, the whole um, don't give a man a fish, teach a man to fish. Yeah. Um, And then we put the second course up and only three people registered. And it didn't matter how much we put it on an Instagram or Facebook or in a newsletter. You know, I ended up running that course for six people and the other three people were my mum, a friend of hers. <laughs> and uh, well, We've all been there. Who, a girl who worked for me at the time, her mum, for mm. her 80th birthday, came and did the course. And, um, you know, when you've got an entire afternoon and both, Catherine and I, um, you know, and they, I think at the time it was sort of $150 or so, and they took home $150 worth of wraps. It was just like, okay, this isn't working. And also when I do things, I never do them by halves. So I think I'd already gone out and bought, you know, 500 linear meters of fabric and, uh, you know, all the ingredients in bulk I I don't do things in small measures. So Mm -hmm. um, I then decided, right, well, we've spent two years on the recipe and there's not enough interest in the courses, so we're going to launch it as as a product. And that was our single biggest launch in 15 years. I mean, apart from, uh, you know, Queen Bee just being Queen Bee, um, we've had a huge response to beeswax wraps what i've tried to do every single um pack of beeswax wraps from queen bee we have a little card in there um with you know our youtube channel Mm -hmm. and so i've really tried to demystify it because people are going oh these new fandangled beeswax wraps it's like no they're not new and fandangled they've been used for centuries to Mm. store food and of course in france Everyone still keeps their cheeses wrapped in waxed fabric. Yeah, of course. Um, It's actually, it's not new. And so there are these videos. um, If anyone is interested in, you know, go to YouTube and put in Queen Bee candles. It's just the letter B, not Mm -hmm. the word. And you'll see how to wash them, how to wrap a loaf of bread, how to wrap cheese. I find, and in fact, in this research that we did recently, I can tell you because I went through it all yesterday. So the major reasons or the major favorite uses that people have across those two groups, using our brand and using another brand, um, wrapping cheese, was mm-hmm. always in the top three. And, I mean, I can tell you, like, at Christmas I went away for four weeks and I had my tasty cheese wrapped in beeswax wrap, came back, no hard bits at all. Wow. No mould, mm. no nothing, perfectly stored. Mm. Um, at one stage, oh, my other favourite thing was asparagus. So when asparagus is in season, mm. um, I would go up to my local um, organic markets on a Sunday and I, I love asparagus, oh, so I would buy heaps of asparagus. Mm. Now, you can wrap asparagus in beeswax wrap mm. and when you're cooking it six days later, you're still snapping the oh, end wow. off. Yeah, That's there's no dried-out, spindly, you know, asparagus. There is fully juicy, perfectly kept um, asparagus six days later, which meant I could buy it in bulk and be eating it every day. 
Um, and so keeping veggies fresh was another major reason. Covering bowls is another major reason. I guess my comment on covering bowls would be, and I learned this when I did your course, uh -huh. at the time when we were all chatting in the Facebook group, it was all about where can I get the glass bowls with lids on them. Uh -huh. And in our particular chat, uh, you know, everyone felt that the IKEA ones were the best value mm. at the time. Yeah. And so I went and equipped myself with sort of, I don't know, 20 or 30 of them. So it's not often that I use a beeswax wrap to mm. cover a bowl. I typically use an airtight glass container with the lid that came with it. Yeah. Um, my major uses by far are wrapping bread. Um, it will keep a loaf of bread, a loaf, a loaf of sourdough for a week easily Brilliant. and you're still slicing through it you know easily at the end of the week cheese all of my cheeses are in beeswax wrap um the other thing that came up in the research is half of so half of it, half a tomato half an avo yes um half a cucumber and where when you put that in plastic after three days it's all a bit rank and starting to ferment and inedible you can put that in beeswax wrap and 10 days later, it's still perfect. Your mm. avo hasn't gone brown. Your half a lemon is still perfect, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, wrapping sandwiches is another thing that people seem to use it for a lot. Uh, so I think those are the major uses that came up yeah. in our research. And you did some research, just a tangent back to candles and definitely yes. before we finish because I'm just yes. noticing the time and I'm thinking, God, we could probably talk for another hour. Oh, but, sorry. Um, no, 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 please don't apologise. Um, you mentioned uh, mould was one of the drivers and that it discouraged mould and that makes perfect sense given that um, honey, uh, bee products are highly antibacterial and antifungal. Um, but you also mentioned that that answer came up in the motivation to burn candles when we had a chat yes. earlier. Yeah, Talk well, us through that. What's what's up with that? Look, I when I originally, you will read on a lot of websites that beeswax candles are a natural ionizer. Mm -hmm. Because I never um, – I always check my facts very vigorously. And when I did the website sort of 18 years ago, uh, I had – and I, it was Jonathan someone or other. I can't remember it now. But he was the source. And it was a scientific study. And it was mm. done in Japan. Uh, Jonathan Wright, I think it was, W-R-I-G-H-T. Mm -hmm. um, so that actually done the study that beeswax was a natural ionizer. Of course, over, you know – 18, 15 years of making beeswax candles, I've also had literally thousands of pieces of anecdotal feedback. Mm. So um, we have, you know, people that are allergic to the 21st century yeah. and literally cannot be exposed to any chemical. They can't yeah. go near people that have washed their clothes in normal clothes wash, let yeah. alone Which is not normal, products or whatever. Yeah. No, mm. I mean, they use queen bee candles um, for its natural ionizing, removing impurities from the air. So when you and I were talking about the issues that you had had with the place that you were renting, mm. um, and I remember saying to you, light a beeswax candle. It's a natural ionizer. It mm. will, all of those mold spores that float in the air are positively charged, charged ions, and a beeswax candle when it's burning or an ionizer that you plug into a wall mm. 
emits negative ions. And the negative ion attaches to the positive ion, which creates an atom, and an atom is heavier than air. So it'll drop to the ground. And it also, in the vicinity of the beeswax candle, it gets drawn into the pool of wax. Mm. Um, If you... Uh, live near building works or if you even if you live near a national park and you would think the air is particularly clean actually Mm. there's a a lot of particulate matter in the air near forests and wooded um, areas i remember several years ago we had a retailer who used our tea lights in the store every day and i was speaking to her at one stage in the background one of her staff said to her ah Remember to tell Queen Bee that the latest batch of tea lights isn't working. Now, when we order tea light wicks, we order 100,000 at a time. So I would know if there was an issue with the wicks. I think we were about halfway through the batch. So mm. there was no way that I wouldn't have been alerted to there being an issue. And we use them here at Queen Bee every day. Um, And I know that the wax isn't the issue. So we were brainstorming other ideas. Was she burning it on a different surface? Was the surface sloping? You know, blah, blah, blah. And then randomly I said to her, has anyone started building works around you? Mm. You know, because I know that that is going to be dirtier air. Mm. And she said, oh, my goodness, can't believe you said that. There's a shopping centre going up opposite us. Yeah, Um, And the building work started five weeks ago, which is when your tea lights stopped working. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, it's just that blows my mind, Mm. to be honest. Yeah. Um, When those things happen and you get that independent verification of your research because sometimes you know i worry that i'm being a bit hysterical (laughs) or a little bit over the top but i guess over 15 years now i've been reassured so many times um that what we say is actually playing out in practice that like i was with you on the phone Mm -hmm. saying you need to burn a beeswax candle it will be far more um, effective than those mold chemical things that you put in your cupboard. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. Or like you and I know, clove oil. Mm. I don't know. Nature actually provided what we need. Mm. Uh, so nature provided a beeswax candle, not only with the same light spectrum as the sun, mm-hmm. but also that would remove uh, positively charged ions, which are things like germs, fragrances, dust, viruses, mold spores. You know, a beeswax candle will remove them all from the air. Wow. Get burning, yeah. people. Get burning. I'm excited. Oh, it yeah. always just makes – every time I chat to you <laughs> – I just want to go and light a whole bunch of candles. Oh, look, I I do. I get to every day. And I guess my other thing is from a mental health point of view. Yeah. If you've got kids, if you're also working, if your brain is feeling frazzled when you – and I don't know whether you do this as part of your course now, but talking about hormones. Mm -hmm. So when you turn down lights – Oh, absolutely, um, yes. We talk about it in low-tox kids, yeah. 
great. Mm. So your body stops producing, uh, I've got a mind blank, what's our st- cortisol? Yeah. And your body uh, starts producing melatonin, which is our sleep hormone. Mm-hmm. So, and speaking of kids, I mean, I've had literally hundreds of customers that tell me that they use the kid, the candles as a tool. And the kids know that when the candles are lit at nighttime, mm-hmm. it's now quiet time. Mm-hmm. So they've had their bath, they've made lots of noise, they've had their dinner. Uh, and it's, they're in their jammies and the candles get lit. Doesn't it just you know? sound so cosy? I want it to be night time and I, <laughs> I want to put my jammies on too. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I use that tool because yeah. I'm still full on, as you can probably tell from talking to me. <laughs> I'm still full on and I probably need to go back to my GP and my GP will tell me to get some hobbies yeah. that aren't Queen Bee because now I just do Queen Bee a million hours a week. Um, But I do. When I come up, I have no overhead or direct lighting. I have two lamps that I put on and I have three beeswax candles that I light. Mm. And that's it. And it's a signal to my body and my brain of, okay, it's time for you to quieten down now. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful ritual. It can be super um, lovely to do, which I talked about about with the lovely Mike Viking on our happiness podcast back in, I think it was show number 42 or 43, I can't remember, but we talked about the use of candles as a tool. And in Denmark, you'll be pleased to know they only burn beeswax candles. Mm. Um, they uh, And it's all part of being hoogly. Exactly. So we were talking yes. all about that. And I can't believe how many beautiful comments we had in the wake of that podcast with families yes. switching to candles for their evening meals uh, and just experiencing a complete night and day experience compared yes. to what it normally was at the yes. table with the children. Everyone yes. was so much calmer. Teenagers were opening up more about their day, you know, all yeah. sorts of reports. And it was so lovely. And I think, yeah, just just from lighting a humble candle, it's so much magic can come. Yes. Mm. And I mean, eventually it gets to the stage where the kids want to light the candles and, you know, at a certain age, all they want to do is blow them out, which is hysterical. (laughs) I've had that with my niece and nephew. Um, But it does. It becomes this beautiful ritual. And we all know now the importance of ritual Mm. in our lives um, from a mental health point of view. So it's just one of those things. And it is part of slowing down life and having real conversations and calming down our overstimulated brains where every car is an advertisement and every bus is an advertisement and every billboard flashes and changes every three seconds. Um, To me, it's no wonder there's so much mental illness. Mm. You know, our brains are constantly in overdrive. So what I'm always saying is you need to relax as passionately or as um, hard as you work. Yeah. And because we no longer stop work at dusk and just sit in our tribes around a fire, uh, if you need to relax in a shorter, shorter period of time, then use the tools available to you. Mm. Use a beautiful essential oil in your vaporizer that makes you feel relaxed. Put on music that makes you feel relaxed. Light some candles that signal to your brain that, you know, it should be getting ready for bed in the next couple of hours. Mm. You need to relax as hard as you work. 
I love that. There could not have been a more beautiful way to end this show, Kate. Um, coming back to how we talked about your journey starting as well. Just so, so good. Thank you so much for being a guest. I Thank think you. this was one of the most um, – you're one of the most passionate people I know about the work that you do and it's always such a pleasure to shine that light on people like you and your beautiful businesses. Um, this was not a paid endorsement in any way, shape or form. I often just reach out to people who have um, touched my heart in some way with the way that they work in the world and that's why Kate's with me on the show today. So go check out Queen Bee um, and... Uh, Kate, uh, this, this will absolutely not be our last chat. I know you're a huge supporter of our beautiful course and you share it with your people as well. So yes. I, I very much yeah, appreciate I that. Honestly, think it's the best course I've ever done. And that includes my five year degree. Oh my God. Two degrees. Yeah, just <laughs> wow. I just found, and the Facebook group. Yeah. I just yeah, that found group it is, it's a brain's so trust, useful, isn't it? Yeah. And so practical mm. and so empowering. Um, you know, it's a mutual admiration society. Oh, thanks. And as you say, no paid endorsement on either side. No. And um, and remember, everybody, that you've got 10% off this round because it's our 10th birthday, which I'm just so excited about, and we kick off next Monday. So please do join us. Thank you so much once again, uh, Kate. It was a, a beautiful chat. Thank you. Well, that's another show done. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Always so much inspiration from our beautiful guests. And I just want to take a minute to say thank you for taking the time to leave a review for our show because it helps us stay visible and helps other people who maybe haven't discovered it yet go, oh, that looks like it might be worth a look. So if the show has provided value to you, there's nothing you can do to thank me more than to leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you, you access the show for from. So what you do is you just search generally in the podcast app. Don't be in the list of shows because you won't be able to leave a review there. So once you've searched generally, you'll see the tile come up and you click on that tile and then a little set of tabs will come up and the middle one is called review. And from there, you can click it, star rate it and leave a review. And I appreciate that so much. Now, if you want to connect with the rest of the Lotox Life community, we're over on Instagram at Lotox Life or on the main website uh, where there are a whole bunch of recipes, some incredible e-learning opportunities depending on what your Lotox goals are. And that is www.lotoxlife.com. And of course, if you want to check out the podcast show notes, you just do forward slash podcast and everything's there. So I look forward to continuing our chats in between shows online in the community. 